0: So Matt and I wanted to just take a quick moment here to make a little bit of an announcement and let you know some exciting things we're going to be doing here with the Real Review podcast. Um, As you know, with our podcast, we've been doing sort of a style where we have this big chunking pile of <laughs> all these different segments yes. <laughs> and uh, different shows and parts of the show. And we realized over the last couple of weeks that we wanted to make kind of a minor change that we think is going to really do some good things for us. And basically what that involves is um, we're going to be splitting the different segments of the show into their own individual episodes that are kind of standalone. So we have our Tube Talk. We have our Coming Soon. We have our Reviews, which is kind of our pole type thing we do every week. And we're going to continue doing every week. And uh, we're going to split those into kind of their own self-contained little show for people, right? Yeah. So what that's going to do and what we're hoping that it will allow us and we think it's going to be good is it's going to allow us to connect with you guys, our listeners, throughout the course of the week and make it something that we're not just throwing this one show out on Tuesdays, but... Over the course of the week, we're releasing little bits of information and and stuff. And then additionally, um, we feel like it's going to be a lot easier for people to digest. You know, there's a lot to these shows and there's a lot of conversation about some really interesting aspects of films and television shows and directors and writers and producers. And so that way people can get into an individual episode, hear that content, and then if they feel like they want more go on to the next one and hear something about a film or something about a coming soon soon piece of news item.
1: Right. So digestion is key. <laughs> digestion is key.
0: Getting that good, healthy digestion yeah, going. Yeah.
1: Probiotic.
0: Probiotic is great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I said this in the beginning, uh, one thing we will be doing every Tuesday and still be coming out every Tuesday is our movie reviews. So we'll be having a movie review segment that is about 30 minutes long, still comes out every week that's going to be our main tentpole thing and then every week you'll see more segments of different things come out which will be you know our tube talk and other stuff so Matt any final thoughts
1: yeah so this is uh, an opportunity to really absorb the fact that Tuesday won't only be the best day of the week oh yeah there will be more best days of the week
0: absolutely it's starting a diet <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a whole diet they're gonna have throughout the week so there you go and uh, thank you guys for staying tuned and we're really excited about these awesome changes and uh, actually yeah stay tuned and we're going to be starting up our review segment right after this. Today, we're going to be talking about three films, John Wick Chapter 2, The Lego Batman Movie, and Rings.
1: Welcome to The Real Review.
0: Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt, I forgot what to call you, hey, and I am...
1: <laughs> and everybody, this is Joel Wick Cunningham.
0: Joel Wick Cunningham, that means I'm going to start doing some gun right? gun yeah, watch your back. So uh, greetings to all of you listeners out there. And for those of you that are joining us for our very first time, then we just wanted to give you a brief synopsis. This show is a—it's uh, one segment that we do in the Real Review uh, sort of media conglomerate, if you will, which yeah. we're, we're doing now. Um, and basically, this is our review section where we do this kind of perspective that meets uh, fan versus critic. So Matt kind of has more of like a
1: what would you say, fan perspective? Fan, emotional, excitable.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very easy. He, see, he sees lights and he follows those. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm more of the critic perspective. So you would say that I'm more of the... The negative. The negative. Yeah. yeah. I hate things. So yes. <laughs> that's kind of my side of things. But uh, it's the Rotten Tomato score, if you will. We take all the thoughts and the two sides of the coin, the fan and the critic, and we put those together and we give you our real thoughts and our real perspective on films and television. So uh, greetings to all of you joining us. And Matt, um, why don't we... Why don't we just get right into reviewing some films?
1: Yeah. Awesome. So what do we have coming up first? First off, let's start with John Wick Chapter 2. Ooh, it's a very good one. Yes. John Wick Chapter 2. So after returning to the criminal underworld to repay a debt, John Wick discovers that a large bounty has been put on his life. This is directed by one of the two directors from the first John Wick film, Chad Stahelski. And um, it also stars, again, Keanu Reeves, Ricardo Scamarcio, Ian McShane, Ruby <laughs> Rose, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, and Common, just to name a few of the people. But, um, man, John Wick 2, Joel, I dug this movie a lot. Nice. Um, fan, Huge fan of the first John Wick. Uh, it, it really brought into the forefront um, the whole the gun foo as you were alluding to earlier. Yeah. Um, but it really, it really started this, this, um, this thing where you have really awesome stunt work all in camera happening Mm -hmm. and they continued it brilliantly in John Wick chapter two. Yeah. Um, I actually feel like they upped the action element, uh, in the second movie and it wasn't just for the sake of upping it. There was, it it made sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it still looked just as great. I actually liked a lot of the action in this second one more so than I liked the first one. And the first one's really good. <laughs> one's so great, that's yeah. saying a lot, at least in my eyes. I feel like they really brought it to another level. Um, I felt like they had a ton of really long takes that were great. The, and it was all all in camera. And, and just to give you that, that juxtaposition a couple of episodes ago i was talking about resident evil and the fight scenes and how how i <laughs>
0: loved those so oh man, much right it was
1: awful i had to yeah. close my eyes it was Getting terrible nauseous i think is yes what you said. so i in those resident evil fight scenes it was several different camera angles and cuts and jumps from each of those camera angles just for a few seconds of yeah of kicking and punching. It was really hard to tell what was going on. It is the exact opposite and I think this is what John Wick does is a clear template of what I feel like every action movie should you know try to achieve. One would hope. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's the long takes. It's it's one camera following John Wick as he's like shooting 30 different people in the face and it doesn't cut away from that that take <laughs> Yeah, and it really it pulls you into the movie it pulls you into the experience it looks incredible yeah. it, it gives you this sense of awe and just wonder of like how did they do this you know yeah. like that is a crazy amount of coordination and choreography and just the work that goes into something like that is is really incredible, and th- and it's not just like one scene that does it. It's the whole film, mm-hmm. and it's it's really really great to watch. And that goes into the next part of of Keanu Reeves being just really great. I feel like this is this is a type of role that is him. He is perfect for this type of role. It's kind of along the same lines of 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 Neo, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of action, um, not as much talking, you know, (laughs) I I hear that sometimes that if you throw Keanu in a role, like and you know, cut back on the dialogue and if it's just more action than talking, Keanu's perfect, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) <laughs> but in in this he does well even even with the dialogue it's it, it fits him i yeah. think it fits his character but i really have a tremendous amount of respect it's him 95 yeah. percent of the time doing the stunts yeah doing the action mm-hmm. and that just in itself is it's exciting to see that because y- there's a lot of times in films where you see a, a double a stunt double doing something and it takes you out you know you're like that's not really him yeah you can tell <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: so one element that we had talked about and this is something we talked about before we did the podcast was uh this new kind of aspect of maybe world building that they kind of included with this film so what are your thoughts with that element
1: yeah um so my thoughts are i loved it yeah so the continental um hotel of (laughs) secret assassins or whatever you want to
0: call (laughs) i don't know what you would call it they don't have a name yet yeah
1: or the the Continental. I think we we're joking around, or the Continental Country Club. Yeah, it's the Continental yep. country Club. Yeah, <laughs> for assassins. Yes. Um, it's not just a, a, a singular like uh USA conglomerate. It's it's a worldwide thing, and yes. it's something that they they expand the mythology of this of the assassin League of Assassins, I guess. <laughs> and they they expand it to a worldwide thing, and I loved it. I love yeah. the mythology building. I really really loved what they did. Um, I thought it fit. Uh, personally I thought it worked really well and, um, yeah, I, I just, I love where they're taking it. I loved how, it, how it just, it just builds and it's building and you see that this is just more so than what we saw in the first movie.
0: Gotcha. So yeah, for me, I, I think there's a lot of things that are similar in, in how we feel about it and likes. And I will say to start off, there is a lot of more likes than there are dislikes. I did not like this movie as much as John Wick one Mm-hmm and i will get into that but i do want to start by saying i did like it a lot i thought it was a really good movie but there was a couple things that kind of kept me from going as as liking it as quite as much and so i'll start with the positives um one of the things that i felt like with this film that was just stand out awesome was and probably the biggest thing was the action yeah they just nail it with all the action it's in your face it's feels very visceral very real and i think that is complemented so well um, due to the fact that the cinematography as well feels very real. Oh, you know, yeah. When something is dark on screen, you recognize that that would be dark sort of in that environment in real life. When something is bright and well lit and lit brightly, I'm saying that the same way <laughs> twice, <laughs> um, you recognize that that was probably the way it would be in reality. And so it makes this sense of action feel very visceral and feel very real. And I think that's also partnered with the fact that, one, it didn't feel like they used much of, any visual effects for the actual action fighting Yeah, it, they probably did things to add some elements but they didn't actually have like you know cinematography they're like CGI characters like fighting each other right. with like CGI weapons right. and also that you know Connor, Keanu Reeves is the one doing these stunts he's the one pulling these action elements out and these are like really intense some of them it's some of the best action I've seen all year yeah. so and cinematography wise as well it reminded me a lot of you know like Skyfall and a lot of the, the James Bond films that have come out within the last little while um, with Daniel Craig they've they have this real artistic kind of flair and artistic kind of style very real sense of it and it just it adds to that world and it makes you feel like hey this this could be an environment that could be a real thing that that kind of happens and the other positive I'll talk about is I think Keanu Reeves did as well a very good job yeah. I think Keanu Reeves tends to do a very good job in roles and you mentioned this for me that he doesn't have a lot of dialogue he is a great character to connect with and empathize with You know, whether you're going to the Matrix or you're going all the way back to Bill and Ted's, there's this like humanness to him and this connectability that you can kind of get into who he is as a person and connect with him as a person just when you see him on screen, just by his presence there. And I think this role fit him super well because of that. And him being forced to go through these different things because of these bad situations that he kind of keeps falling into when he's just trying to live his life. (laughs) So I thought he did well with that as well. So the bad stuff. First and foremost, you know, you mentioned this, the Continental Country Club. Um, The Continental aspect, I really did not enjoy very much. And I think the main reason I didn't like it as much is it it served a specific purpose in the film mm-hmm. to kind of set up a lot of the reasons for why he got back into this world and this environment. Right. But it came across as, at a certain point as being very disconnected from reality. Ah. And to me, it that the film cries out to be about reality. I mean, the first scene, it just jumps right in from sort of maybe a month after the events or after Keanu Reeves has had a chance to heal yeah. from, the first, from the events of the first film, you know, it jumps right in and it's just like, boom, 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 action and action. And then they start getting to this almost kind of like silly environment where there's these sense of rules and, and, you know, I always pictured John Wick as like this kind of lone gunman type guy, and they even talk about that, like how he kind of stands alone as his own type of assassin and everything like that. But then they start putting these like, you know, oh well, they've got their their guy that they go to that does all their weapons, and they've got their tailor that they go to, and they've got this hotel with this oh, this man. own currency. And <laughs> I would have been fine with like a taste of that if they had given me like here's kind of like a couple little elements of that that maybe you know John Wick stands on the outside of that. Maybe he never really wanted to be a part of that, but kind of did it begrudgingly and they talked about that a little bit but it really felt like he was just kind of like he just had joined this group of people that all went through assassin school together (laughs) and that works itself out very badly at times because then it becomes this, this almost like game where there's like I don't want to spoil anything but you know you get close to the end of the film and you start I start asking myself the question how many assassins
1: are there? Right. <laughs> you know it's like
0: everybody in the world is an assassin and it's like there's a scene at the very end which he said is in the previews where yeah. you know one of the one of the guys is basically like he just says something and then all these people like in the entire park just freeze because yeah. somehow they're all connected to this <laughs> continental country called right. and I'm like it just felt very unrealistic in that sense because I just don't think that that many assassins could exist and have that sense of rules and. (laughs) But you know, I mean, the Lucy Lawless playing the violin. She turns out to be an assassin, and some, (laughs) you know. But overall, I still really liked it. I still really enjoyed it. I think that was the biggest element that worked against it for me. And there was some tonal issues at times. I mean, especially the beginning where they were kind of going with this, like, well, we're going to summarize the plot of the first film, and kind of felt a little humorous. I felt like again, the tone issues were. In the first film, everything that happens really is just a byproduct of that initial spark, that initial thing that happens. Whereas this film, there's like a couple of things that are kind of going on. Yeah. And are kind of happening with, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's character and all this kind of other stuff that's happening. Um, and it felt kind of forced. And I think one of the things that I noticed, and I mentioned this to you, is um, I saw that they're actually looking to make a television show. And it just... So weird. Yeah, it's just... It, as soon as I saw that, it just screamed out to me, Okay. Yeah. So they're trying to set up this other universe, this assassin universe where John Wick is going to be like the entry character into that universe. And then who knows what they'll do. Maybe they have, maybe John Wick won't be in the movie or the show. Maybe he'll do it. But it it just felt like they were trying to force this idea of growing it and expanding into a universe when it didn't warrant that. I wanted a more straightforward film that was just about, he got forced back into this he has to do it because of that. And then he gets that done and he moves out of it. So,
1: right. Right. Yeah. No, so, I, I think, um, just for, I, I want them to finish out this trilogy. If they want to do a show after that thing, great. But I feel like they need to just let this thing run its course first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say with, with the negative things I do, I, I I love, so I, I'm on the opposite end of this paper. I loved all the continental <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, um,
0: How do I get my country club invite? I mean, do I have to join a certain school or something? Yes,
1: you know what? I think uh, you have to be invited um, by hmm. John Wick himself. There you go. Yep. And, um, but yeah, no, I, I really, really loved it. And I'm I, i I'm so excited that there's a third one that's going to be happening. Yeah. And I just, I, this is really shaping up to be quite the series. I'm Very really excited. Cool. So, go yeah, ahead yeah. i was gonna say if i had to rate this thing between zero to 100 i would give it a 90 no very 90 good. 90 percent a minus it's
0: a bit high I, that's not as high actually as I, I thought you were gonna go a little higher so oh. <laughs> yeah so for me i would give it i think a b plus a minus range probably around an 89 okay maybe an 88 um it's really just the tonal issues and the the somewhat silliness feeling of the assassin world <laughs> the country club up there. yeah so awesome so uh let's then uh, move into our next film what are we going to be uh, talking about next matt
1: next is a lovely little film that i did not get the chance to see <laughs> but you did joel and this movie is called the lego batman movie
0: yeah so we'll throw it back to me then um so <laughs> the lego batman movie yes it's uh film basically synopsis is bruce wayne or Lego Bruce Wayne, if you will, uh, must not only deal with the criminals of Gotham City, but also the responsibility of raising a boy he adopted. And uh, this film stars the voice work, I guess, if you will, of Will Arnett, Michael, Cero, Michael Cera, Michael Sarah, Rosario Dawson, and it's directed by Chris McKay. And so, overall, going to this film, I, interestingly enough, I my expectations were good for it that I thought it would be okay, but they weren't high. Okay, And it's funny because, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. I don't know how that saying goes, but, (laughs) you know, this is the second time now that I've gone into a Lego movie and thought, eh, I don't think that's going to be very good, and was surprised by how good it actually turned out to be. So a positive thing, a positive surprise. But yeah, so the first Lego movie comes out, you know, and you immediately think that it's this kind of silly idea that it's like they're just, cashing in on this franchise this thing that everybody knows it's like you know the 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 emoji movie you know or angry birds it's this kind of pop cultural thing you know that everybody knows but they want to just use that to make a movie out of and i so i had really low expectations for it but then i heard a couple people that had had gone and see it that i that i trust and read a couple reviews and they were all saying some really positive things about it and so i was like okay i'll give it a shot and i went and saw it and Sure enough, turned out to be a very good, very effective film and was much more deep and uh, humorous than I actually really thought that they would be able to do. That's awesome. With a movie like they. Yeah, so again, Lego Movie, I'm thinking sequel, and they're using basically what is a secondary character from the original movie, which is usually a bad sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they take like a character that is just kind of like a spoof, kind of funny character in a comedy. And then they try to make a second sort of standalone film out of that character, right?
1: Example minions. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Example (laughs) minions, you
0: know. So my expectations were a little low. I did see the previews and the previews looked all right. They didn't look amazing. They just kind of, they were funny, but they weren't hilarious to me. And I went into the movie and sure enough, this movie turned out to be really, really flipping funny. So uh, one (laughs) of the things that I love so much about it, it was very, um, and this is a term that, some people like and some people don't or don't really like the concept of, but it's very meta, it was very self-aware. And it reminded me of another movie um, that had come out basically in last year, which was Deadpool.
1: Last February, actually. Yes,
0: exactly. So it's the same time. So this is definitely a different movie in tone and different movie in purpose, but the humor was very similar and they, they used a lot of almost satire, satirical elements of sort of the comic book type world which was funny so there's moments in the script where you know batman is this obviously this person that's been adapted into so many different comic books and so many different television shows and all these different types of formats and so there's definitely times in the movie where they're actually making fun of sort of like his prior history you know what i mean mm. they're, they're talking about oh yeah remember that one time that batman got really weird and they show like a clip from the television show <laughs> the actual batman television show you <laughs> that's know awesome yeah and so there was just a lot of humorous type things that happened with the script there and the cool thing as well is that they didn't skimp on trying to go at least a little deep and okay. it's a kids movie so they're not going to go maybe beyond a certain point of depth yeah. you know the the deepest those, of those kinds of movies are like Pixar. Yeah. I don't know if it went as deep as like a Pixar, you know, like up with right. the sadness and the death and finding Nemo and all those things, but it did have some depth. It did have some sadness that was there and it was dealing with more than just like, let's have flashy, funny, crazy things happening. And then kind of briefly talk about all this stuff. You know, Batman is actually in this film struggling. Lego Batman is struggling with something that is similar to his character in a lot of types of iterations of him, which is the loss of his parents. And right. Because of that, you see him struggling with trying to connect with people because he doesn't want to lose them, and there's a it's a really funny dynamic and how that even works out with like him and you know his butler, which is um, voiced by Ralph Fiennes, and it's you know so Alfred a lot of times has become in these different iterations this almost like father figure in a way, especially in the Christopher Nolan series, right? Um, and in this one he was as well, but it was more of like the Like the scolding, humorous kind of father, and they did some really funny things with it. Where you know, there is like a part where Alfred's like, "All right, well, you're locked out of the computer," and Batman's like, "But I want to get on the computer," you know. (laughs) And so, um, and Will Arnett just nails it with the voice. Yeah, Yeah, he does a really good job with the voice here. I think he's just perfect with it. Um, but so the setup with a lot of the drama and him, and basically, so Michael Sarah plays this character who turns out to be sort of Robin, and he. He's in love with, you know, Batman. He thinks Batman's amazing and he also thinks that Bruce Wayne is amazing. He's like this he calls him the most successful orphan basically because, <laughs> you know, of his orphanage and so he he really respects and loves Bruce Wayne and he ends up getting kind of indirectly adopted by you know Bruce Wayne, Batman, <laughs> and so there's this really funny relationship that ends up building. That you know Michael Sarah is kind of like he will do whatever Batman wants, and so Batman loves him and cares for him, but he doesn't want to show it. And so there's these weird, funny moments where he kind of has him do different things, and he's like telling him how to do things, and Michael Sarah's like, like this, Dad, you want this, Dad, like this, Dad. <laughs> it's just it's really funny how the the dynamic works between them. Um, so overall, I was just I was really happy with it. I was really satisfied, and I even liked. They did such clever things with just the animation, yeah. you know, like the way that their hair swooshes, you know, <laughs> where, like it's not attached to their head. Lego hair. Yeah, yeah, like Lego hair, you know, and they had a whole ensemble of characters that they pulled in from a completely, like the DC universe, you know, they, they oh, unlock awesome. a bunch of bad guys and even outside of that. So, you know, Velociraptors <laughs> show up at one point and uh, Godzilla and there's the Eye of Sauron, which, you know, there's a really wow. funny part, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for the film but uh there's actually a pretty funny part in the film where basically he's um the eye siren i'm not gonna say how but kind of is there and it's involved and um they they accidentally blow it up and the guy that blows it up he's just kind of like oh oh uh nothing to see here and he just kind of walks off and it's this awkward kind of moment that you don't see in like a it it felt very funny non-polished yeah you know it was like they were going with the the thing that they did with the first film which is to say that like it's a high level kid that would be making something like this like if a kid was actually to do this then this is kind of how it would go but it was at a very high level of that so it didn't feel silly or or goofy unless it was purposely trying to be silly yeah so Matt any thoughts
1: no that's awesome I I I was, I'm really excited to see this. I'm mm. actually going to see it this weekend with my boys. Oh, nice. And nice. Um, I'm really excited and encouraged that mm. you you liked it yes. a lot, too. Yeah. And that's because my anticipation level has been up there. Mm. Um, and the humor is what has me, especially with all the marketing leading up to it. Yeah. Um, namely, there's, I don't know why it's so funny to me <laughs> seeing Batman do like these everyday like normal things. Yeah, like, yeah he's like cooking himself something yeah. uh, um in the in the trailer. No, no, is this in the film where he's actually on the microwave and he puts in like 20 minutes instead yes. of 2 minutes? <laughs> yes. that's even better in there. It's yeah. so good. And yeah. then also he's trying to find the right input channel yes, on the that big is on TV, two-
0: yeah. And again, that's that's it's even better in the in oh, the film.
1: Just that kind of that kind of humor is just so funny to me and uh you know the I mean I keep hearing really really good things. I'm really excited to see it. It's got like a 90 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's worth it. I'd say the one, so, you know, if there's bads, I'd say the one bad to me is the ending. It felt a little forced. It felt a little, I don't want to say cop out, but okay. it, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. And it felt, but it felt like, you know, in the first movie, there was a weightiness to the loss and the death that would happen in the film, you know, when people are getting, you know, stuck or frozen. Yeah. Yeah which kind of like I don't know how Lego dies but like that's kind of like symbolic <laughs> I guess of death with the Legos right. but in this film there's like literally like hundreds of people getting drowned in lava and like getting turned <laughs> into fish Voldemort makes an appearance at one point and you know people are getting you know avada kedavra and you know like all these crazy stuff is happening and so there's no real weight to that like there was in the first film which I kind of would yeah. have been nice to have a little bit more weight to that and then additionally the ending just kind of wraps up Very nicely. It's like okay, everybody's happy and we're going on our way. (laughs) Whereas the first film, there was like a deep, a deep moment to it in the actual Lego story, and then that translated into the real world. And I felt like, and people might have said that might say this kind of would be like too similar to the first film, but they didn't really do anything to bring it into the real world like they did in the first film, right? Which it didn't necessarily warrant that, but I do think that it would have added maybe a bit more weight to the story, a a bit more connectability to the story, because although the first one maybe maybe some people didn't really like that as much yeah because it felt a little maybe forced um it it definitely connected you i think to a bit more to the events because you you realized the weight that they were metaphorical that it kind of helped you translate it into your own life a bit yeah for yeah. sure so but otherwise i thought it was a really good film and uh, on a scale of one to 100 i would probably give this one about a 93 so an a minus that's awesome yeah
1: it's really, really so good uh
0: that is all we're going to say about the lego batman movie definitely encourage you folks to get out there and check it out. And uh, there was uh, basically three movies that came up (laughs) this week. And um, one of those films we did not go see, um, which was what film,
1: Matt? Fifty Shades Darker. Fifty Shades Darker. So (laughs) uh,
0: a film that neither of us were really super excited to go see
1: and okay. I hear it has a generous 9% rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I think it's well-deserving of a 9 <laughs> I haven't seen the film. I shouldn't judge it overly harshly. But uh, right. <laughs> but it's definitely getting, uh, can I say, beaten or spanked? or oh. <laughs> I don't know what she's... It's beaten. getting obliterated. It's getting obliterated. That's yep. a good way of putting it, yep. uh, by the other films that were released this week. So instead, Matt, you went and saw... A different film. What I saw a different movie.
1: I saw the movie Rings, which actually came out uh, the previous weekend.
0: Yes. February 3rd.
1: Yes. So I went to see this because I was primarily a fan of the first Ring movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one was okay to mediocre, um, but, but yeah, I wanted to see this just to see it. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of horror. The, the, the thriller suspense genre Mm -hmm. genres, I should say. And, um, so yeah, I was curious, but, uh, rings, takes place, it's about a young woman who finds herself on the receiving end of a terrifying curse that threatens to take her life in seven days, <laughs> which is basically the same synopsis same of the previous two of, films.
0: But this one's digital, so... This
1: one's, yeah, it's, yeah. this one takes it's the updated. leap into the digital age. <laughs> um, but I, I think maybe maybe this, this movie had an uphill battle kind mm-hmm. of going towards it because... It takes place so long after the first two films. I think the mm-hmm. first one came out in two thousand and two. Yeah. Um. And it's, yeah. And I think they're just trying to 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 make a play for the nostalgia of the name of of rings and right. or the ring. Um. It's directed by uh, F Javier Gutierrez. Um. And uh, stars Matilda, Anna, Ingrid, <laughs> Lutz. Four anyway, names you know, yeah, yeah, four names in that one. Yeah. Um, there are a couple other people, but honestly, I feel like she's probably the best part about this movie. Um, I could actually see her doing quite a bit in the future. Hmm. The acting in this movie wasn't terrible as I was actually kind of anticipating it to be. Um, there are a couple of auxiliary characters that are a little over the top, like horror movie, B movie act actors and actresses. But for the most part, I was, I was like, okay, good. Everybody can hold their own. Um, And I I don't know. So like I was saying, I think I think overall uh, I felt underwhelmed, a little bit bored and disappointed by this film, Um, even going in with kind of low expectations. And like I said, I feel like it's fighting an uphill battle uh, because it's it's been so long since that. But the biggest problem for me is that this is a horror film and it's not scary. Mm. I did not feel like this movie was scary. Gotcha. Um, and I felt like it lacked a tremendous amount of tension where that's where it, this this movie should excel. I remember seeing the first one and being like, oh my gosh, yeah. what is happening? And yeah. feeling just tense the whole time. Where this does not have that. Even and so Samara is in the movie. If you don't know Samara, she's the main bad guy that crawls out of the TV mm-hmm. and she 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 only shows up like three times, and she she shows up. And, and that those scenes are kind of like oh that's kind of creepy but it lacks attention and then that the crawling stuff is mm-hmm. is maybe the scariest part of the of the movie just her crawling around <laughs> and and not even the killing part yeah. it's not that's not even that scary hmm. I don't know if it's the way that it was edited it was cut directed a combination of all three of those things um, together the, the way it was just filmed in general it it just it wasn't scary hmm. and. Um, and so that was kind of a letdown. I will say yeah. this, however, the one thing that I did really enjoy was there there is a story element that's introduced maybe about ten minutes into it, where this guy he watches a video. He's a professor. He watches a video, um, and then you're like, he gets a call. You know, seven days you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Seven days later, he's not dead. Yeah, and you're like, wait, and you're trying to figure this out. And this was really interesting. I was like, I, and I wanted. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I really want to see where this goes because I don't know why this guy was able to like totally just bypass this curse or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then, and then just as it's getting really interesting and they're starting to explore this, what's happening, what this guy is doing, yeah. they totally take it. They just like abandon it and go a different direction. And I was so bummed out by that because this most interesting part about it, they just totally let it go. <laughs> and I was like. Man, that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like, so
0: with his character, do you feel like they did. So, with a concept like this, obviously, I'm not so familiar with this. There's a lot (laughs) of different things to this environment world that I have no knowledge of. But, do you feel like with him that they could have basically allowed him to. uh, Like the the idea that he came up with that he's surviving, Right. right? You know, I mean, could they have set that up in a way that. I think that he could have later on found out that maybe, okay, I'm doing this thing that's supposed to be helping me, but it could have been a twist where it's like, well, he thinks that what he's doing is you know, gonna work, but and then in the end, it ends up that he's working for it or something like that. I mean, that's the only way I could see something like that going well. They
1: could have kind of, yeah, they could have done that, but in a sense, all of these movies have done that. They always throw in that tack at the end of like, at the end of these movies, at the end of a lot of horror movies where mm-hmm. people think they won, yeah. usually they'll throw in like the a final, tag, yeah, saying, tag yeah. saying, hey, just kidding. You thought you saved the day, but not, you right. know. Yeah, Final Destination. Yeah, right. Perfect. And this movie <laughs> felt like Final Destination at times, ah. which is actually not good because it didn't seem to fit, you know, the, the, the cursed Samara, like. Tape thing, yeah. Um, it, it was just like random, like a light pole falling down on something and, and end up killing somebody. Like, like that, <laughs> that's really that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so, just stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So uh, there's a question in this, but I would also say that I think one of the things that I'm not a huge fan of horror, like we talked about, but one of the things that does make horror effective and efficient and work as well as it does is when you're able to connect with the characters, you know. Yeah. And if you look at some of the original horror classic type movies nightmare on elm street freddy krueger and everything like that those were so effective and those movies worked so well because you were still able to connect with the characters which allows you then to feel their fear and their sense of dread and also makes you not want to see them die right so it brings a sense of loss it brings a sense of sadness and suspense because you're wondering will this person that i'm connected to so strongly die or will they survive if you're not connected to them if you don't care about them then it's just kind of like watching an action take place there's no emotional shift
1: right yep. so
0: my my question that i'm coming from with that is do you feel like there is a a lack of emotion that's connected to the characters and to the story because maybe it's gotten stale the story is kind of outdated it's it's passed over it's blase or is it more just you think that they really didn't take the story in an interesting enough new direction or kind of why would you why would you explain the staleness
1: yeah, so um, you're you're definitely not connected to the characters except for maybe the main girl, mm-hmm. um, and that's just because you're with her the whole time. Yeah. Um, but with they they try and set it up, and you're right. A, a good film, especially a horror film, uh, you you need to feel the weight of somebody you know dying. Yeah. Um, in order to for it to be effective. Yeah. Um, or like you said, it's just an action. But in this movie, uh, specifically, it's more so that they don't do it well. They gotcha. don't set it up in a very, in, in a good way. Yeah. To where you're like, oh, okay, that's, this guy, you know, or this girl is, you know, it's, this is really endearing, this relationship, you know, mm. oh, this is so good. Okay, I really hope <laughs> nothing happens to these people. Yeah, yeah, You know, you never had that sense. Like, they, yeah. they tried, and I think a lot of films do that as filmmakers as a whole, know that they need to do that with their characters. I think it's just uh, in the execution yeah. where where most people fail to do that. And yeah. the, the, the best horror movies are the ones where you're connected with the characters. Actually, as you just say in general the best movies are the ones where you have that connection with the characters.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, good horror movies I I'm and I'm not saying that you have to spend like 15 or 20 minutes like developing out a character or, or getting a sense of who they are, but I've seen effective horror movies do this where even in when they're introduced to be a, cover, a character that's suffering, you still get a sense of them through that suffering. You right. still get a sense maybe they're they're searching for something or they're crying out for something or they're reaching for something or you get a little snippet of something from who they are that allows you to connect with them even in the midst of them going through this horrific... Or deal, which makes you go, oh, that's right. not cool, yeah. that's sad.
1: So, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it was lacking in that. And, and ultimately, if I had to rate this thing, and if I had to, to rate it between 0 and 100, I'd give it a, a 60, a D minus. Gotcha. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, there was enough enough stuff there to keep me intrigued and, and engaged for a little while. The acting was was uh, above par, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was in it, too. I didn't mention her, him earlier, but he was good. Um but f- for the most part, I don't think it deserves enough, so that's why I want to give it a 60. Hmm. Um, but yeah, D-minus, that's that's what I got for rings.
0: Cool. Well, you know, better luck with The Rings 2 when that comes <laughs> the, out, The, the rings, rings Chapter 2.
1: The rings are The rings
0: are. yeah. So <laughs> we would love to, you know, we're going to sign off. This is the end of things here, but we would love to definitely hear any opinions or thoughts that you might have from either of our perspectives here. Um, you can email us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. It's an easy way to get in touch if maybe... You want to See if you felt the same way. Tell us that you felt the same way that Matt did. You thought it was kind of a bad movie. Maybe you really liked it and you have a different opinion. Right. Yeah. And then additionally, you can connect with us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash media, or our website, which is RealReviewMedia.com. And there we have our newsletter where you can get signed up and get some contact in for info that's being sent directly to you whenever we post new things. We're going to be having new shows coming out all week now and um, going forward. And so we would definitely love to connect with you on Facebook and on our website and by email. So... Awesome, Matt, anything uh, here at the end?
1: No, that's it. All right, well then, uh, it's been real. It's been real.